I guess the one of one of the sort of thesis moments, or I don't know how to say it, because there's so many different like stories and and then like the huge struggles are then brought down to the level of individual characters and. But I mean, one of the the thesis moments that bound it all together for me, it seemed, was that he was he was kind of telling this story about the development of culture in the 21st century and the, well the 20th up to the 21st century and then in, in the last episode I, I think he drops this idea that maybe culture isn't as liberating as we've all thought it was i mean mm. in a way this is kind of a a standard when I, I don't know when i thought about it after a while i was like like this argument is a little more standard than i initially thought but it kind of blindsided me the idea that like expressing ourselves in culture is actually can be a kind of regressive act just because of the way that culture is set up in like mass media civilizations is that culture is this sort of space where you can express yourself without making a difference and he really like this point really came out when you look at the difference between like Afeni Shakur and Tupac Shakur yeah by the way you should probably watch this documentary before you listen on because spoiler alert but the way that Afeni Shakur seemed to be involved in like real ground level struggles, you know, with the Black Panthers and being infiltrated by the CIA versus the way that Tupac Shakur wanted to continue this struggle, but take it to an aesthetic level with his with his music. But it became a kind of bondage for him. I mean, literally at one point he was in prison, but even just his message was always just circumscribed by this cultural sphere and it didn't reach anything else. It didn't reach activism. It didn't reach politics. It didn't, you know, make a difference with like scare quotes around it, even though, you know, he's he's a phenomenal artist and a turning point in like rap culture. I mean, in terms of like what his music is about, like that didn't that didn't make a difference. His music could have just been about cars and drugs and whatever, like the sort of simplified gangster rap today is all about. Like his rap had real concrete content and things you can actually buy into. But the fact that he, culture is this sort of regressive sphere is, a, is this interesting argument. And it's all just fragmented into these sort of these sort of struggles to express yourself and be different without making a real difference in the real world. That that kind of aspect of the thesis kind of blindsided me a bit. Then I, you know, I thought a little more about it. And I think, yeah, like it kind of makes sense, you know, culture is a kind of you know capitalism has this amazing ability to absorb opposition and culture is just one of those platforms that capitalism puts out there it says oh here here's the stand say anything because it's not going to make a difference yeah yeah no i really uh that's a good point i thought that the tupac um narrative was interesting and tragic and i guess it, it he he used it to make a, a point that i think he makes throughout the documentary but just the effect of a certain kind of, of cultural individualism, I guess, because in some ways what became for Tupac, it was like, he, he it started off as being like trying to, to, to write, as you said, continue the work of some kind of like collective action against racism or justice in the States. But then it, you know, what did he end up becoming, right? Like it became a cultural icon for this kind of thug life um, that ended up just kind of regressing into a kind of individualism. And right, what did he get obsessed with? He got obsessed with like beefs about like 
I don't know what like notorious big might or might have not been like a party to and like just became kind of a tragic figure where like all the stuff that he was fighting for and instead it became like he got caught up in these kind of like individualized personal affronts which are like kind of pathetic and sad compared to like what he actually was started off as yeah that's a Um, good point too is that yeah the individualist aspect of it which really goes all the way back to century of the self like the 20th century is the century of the individual and then today it's it's like i guess it's almost like a question what's what's happening are we moving back towards a more collectivist ethos or is it just this sort of fake cultural veneer and we're all still kind of just isolated alienated individuals underneath it all so a huge part of this thesis is i think you already said it victor it's kind of like classical or kind of normy which is just the media is fake um and you can see this because he goes through russia he goes through china he goes through britain he goes through u.s and it's always there's like i don't can't even count how many times he says the words dreamland or unreal or uh, fairyland he uses a lot too so there is this basic con i want to distinguish content and form here though because i think this is why i read this a lot more profoundly than that is that of course this is about media critique and exposure to media and it's basically whenever money comes into these places where people used to have dreams like china they had a dream for revolution with mao and then it just became about money and he always says these words like, uh, you know, dream world, fantasy, etc. And that implies, of course, that there's also a real world where things are, are not being seen. So yeah. it is about being overexposed to media. And that, I think, is pretty basic in content. You could just read that in on a paper. You could read that in Baudrillard. You could read that in, in uh, De Boer if you wanted to. But what makes this so interesting to me is that he is making a media object too. He is making a media object to go into that media scape that he's talking about being fantastical and unreal. And then the score of it is all this like low, low, low reverb synth music and uh, kind of this dreamscape that he's creating. Yeah. So I, I kind of question, I want to, I want to know what he's trying to get there, except, I mean, my interpretation, of course, is that he's creating an affect using all the tools that we have uh, of affects for other things. But it, of course, is very different from a rap video. It's very slow. It's kind of sonorous and droning at times. And the, the pictures don't always match the yeah. songs. They're kind of absurd combinations. Well, what he's saying, too. Sometimes it doesn't match the images also. Which brings in some humor. So I think he's submitting a media critique using the exact media that he's critiquing because these are ultimately up on YouTube because you can't get a license to broadcast them outside of uh, Britain or whatever happened there. Um, But I I think you can't can't separate content from form. And if you just look at content, it's kind of boring, kind of normy. But if you look at content plus form, that's where I'm getting this affective reading from. Well, I definitely felt that affect too. I think I'm just always suspicious of when it, when something affects me and I can't put the put my finger on it. I was like, "How is this manipulating me?" It's kind of like the feeling that I that I sometimes get, as opposed to being like, "Oh, this is making me like reframe." And maybe that's just like my own flaw. But um, can I ask you my my feeling of it was that it m- described the way I feel 
watching media day in, day out. Did you get any of that sense at all? Just like the overwhelmingness and almost the alienation you feel after browsing through Twitter and trying to find something to entertain you? Kind of. Yeah. I mean, I can see how he was going for that. 